This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to The Long Two, a fantasy basketball podcast from Fake Teams. My name is Natty. His name is Brandon. If you are a fantasy baseball player, you should check out faketeams.com. There is a hell of a lot of content. People are excited for the season. Uh, There's a bunch of great stuff on there, and it'll help you in your drafts for sure. It certainly helps me in mine. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Sunday night. Um... You know, the, the it's not getting dark so early, so that's cool. We had a, some decent weather, so it's great. And then, you know, there's a ton of basketball. Um, I think probably more people are watching the tournament right now, um, but there were some yeah. great NBA matchups too. And um, so it's just a great, great weekend of basketball. And um, I Obviously, everyone the- watched Pacers-Blazers earlier this afternoon <laughs> instead of Duke-Michigan State. Yeah watched it twice yeah um so no it's it's been it's a good weekend it's a good sports weekend and uh, you know here on the east coast we're starting to get some good weather so i think we all welcome that so the tournament is always incredible it's one of my favorite sporting events of all time it's just such a weird thing like you put fucking Mm -hmm. 69 teams haha together and you're just like man just go see who wins and well, that's uh, the, the beauty of basketball. It, dude, and Kentucky lost again game, because yep. they can't fucking play against a zone. They can't play against a basic defensive formation. It's unreal. And well, that's the like, thing. So can I just say one, and this is probably my yo, old yeah, yeah, rant, yeah. but that's the thing right now with like basketball is these kids now, everyone talks about how this generation of players, they're so much more skilled. They have so many more they're, they're handling and they're shooting and all this. But these guys don't know, like, basic concepts that, you know, every kid knew that played even at, like, the local Y back in the day. Like, they don't yeah. know how to set screens. They don't know how to break a zone. They don't know how to deal with the press, right? Like, they don't make that extra pass. Like, they can all do a million Kyrie Irving dribbles, but, like, it's just not the same. They don't, they don't learn the game the same. So, Dude, you know, yesterday – we're recording Sunday night. Uh, yesterday, I'm watching uh, Go Blue Michigan Wolverines against Tennessee with my brother. And, like, Michigan couldn't inbound the ball. You know? Like, we ended up winning. God bless. Go Blue. But it's basic stuff like you just said. Like, you have to be able to know where to put the ball, where players should be under certain situations. Um, I don't really know why that kind of base geometry of the like how do you beat a zone you go inside like you just puncture it (laughs) like it's not hard you just have to know where to go like you as soon as you see a zone you have to react to it um and i yeah i have no idea why that sort of seems to have been replaced with like well it's just the math on on the court like you want threes you want layups you want penetration well there's just an emphasis now like with player development on at all levels on 
training more so than like playing games. And so you have, you see like videos of any, your favorite superstar and like, he's working out with like a trainer. He's not, you don't see videos him practicing with his teammate. He's working with a dude who's has him doing like drills. And like, that's why these guys can do like the moves they can do are just out of this world. And, you know, they, they've trained. So they're maximizing like their athleticism and all that. But people don't spend as much time like just playing like as kids, like as a kid growing up, there was just a lot more pickup basketball, you know, and all sports, even like baseball. I used to play baseball like, oh, yeah. in the street. Like kids don't do yeah. that anymore, you know, and that stopped. That stopped a while ago. So this well, I mean, our parents there. would kick us out of the house. Be like, I bought you that shit for a reason. Yeah. Go leave. I don't want to see you till dinner. And it's yeah. like 930 in the morning. Like, yeah. Get out of the house. Yeah, but um, we we sound like the old I, men right now. So sure, but I do think that's interesting because it's like a generation of isolation players. Even though at the NBA, everyone loves the beautiful movement game and switching mm-hmm. and like, but I mean, everyone keeps getting drafted younger and younger, and then you learn that stuff in the NBA. So maybe it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um. Okay. Speaking of the NBA. We are going to talk about four different potential playoff matchups that intrigue us in the NBA. These things might not happen. The races are still pretty tight. Um, A lot of movement could occur in the standings, except for the Phoenix Suns, who have um, 57 wins. The next closest win total is 49 by the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Suns are sitting pretty. They uh, have confirmed their place in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. Um, the teams that are currently out of the playoffs that have been eliminated are the Houston Rockets, the Indiana Pacers, the Detroit Pistons, we all need more Blaha, and the Orlando Magic. Um, the OKC Thunder will be eliminated shortly, this week probably. But everything else is still basically up for grabs. And several of the play-in teams that have lower seeds uh, have players that we know can advance in the playoffs despite the seeding, like the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. and the L.A. Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers, excuse me. So our first intriguing matchup is in the Western Conference. I chose the Western matchups. Brandon chose the East. The Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic versus the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic. I want to see this matchup because I think those two dudes and these two teams will be significant in the Western Conference for like at least the next five years, maybe the next decade. Um, now, what, else, what also, just real quick on, on this, those two guys, I would say that one, well, one thing's cool. It seems like they're really good friends. Um, and they, and they like have this whole like back and forth thing they were doing like all through the all-star break and like where they would like crash each other's interviews. And, um, but also I would say those are probably the two most, I guess you have to throw LeBron in there, but the two most successful one man teams in the league right now for me, because I don't, I think, Everyone else has at least a second, if not third guy, whereas these guys are kind of doing it with the cast of of just, you know, weekend warriors. Not to disrespect them, but (laughs) it's like, so. 
Sadiq Bey has something to say about that, but whatever, 50 points, no big deal. Um, they're both, I mean, Luca isn't going to be an MVP candidate this year, probably, unless the Mavs go on a huge run because he started so poorly and was obviously out of shape. But he has played like an MVP for most of the season, and oh, yeah. the Mavericks are a damn good team. And I completely agree. Like the supporting cast around these guys is there's an ultra star and then there's everyone else. And we're trying to get role players with Denver. It's sort of more by um, accident because they should have Jamal Murray and they should have Michael Porter Jr. And they don't. So uh, the construction of that team has just sort of been like, well, we don't have two of our, three best players so let's see what we can do oh Jokic is so good that we're actually still a great team and uh they didn't really do anything at the trade deadline right no so I think I think uh by the way just quickly I think Jamal Murray isn't he uh joining a G League team soon yeah I don't really know how to gauge that sort of thing because it's like have they kept him out Oh, sure. He could be back it's for potential. sure. Yes. I, I, I Absolutely. was thinking of him as done, and it sounds like there's a chance he could be back in some capacity. There's potential for Kawhi. There's potential for PG-13. We don't know when Chris Paul's coming back. Uh, AD is up in the air. I mean, well, there's like yeah, but a I lot just of mean, dudes. In these, these teams, we're sticking sure. to these two teams. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, these teams Dude, are Dude, wait, hold on. Done. Hold on. If that happens, fuck Michael Porter Jr. for a second. Like, let's not even think about him. If Jamal Murray comes back and can play, Mm -hmm. that team ceiling increases by a significant margin at the worst, right? I think if he can come back, if he can even be a guy who can play 25 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes, I think that puts them pretty much in the top not they're not better than phoenix but they're kind of in that next year after that but what what if cp3 doesn't come back what if steph doesn't come back what if they come back but they can't play you know full games like what if they're slow that they they could end up being the best team like for just because of availability i'd still i'd still give a slight edge to phoenix even without cp3 right now but other than that i don't I'm not taking them over anyone else. I mean, I'm not taking anyone else over them really with any sort of conviction. They're, I agree. Okay. They're right there. So, and since Dallas traded Kristaps Porzingis and got back Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, the Latvian laser Davis Bertans, they've been sensational too. Like Dinwiddie yep. provides another playmaker and another penetrator and a guy that can take last shots and, you know, he's, like, not the best three-point shooter ever. But, like, he's dangerous at all three levels. And yeah, we he both can also... Liked, we, we but he looked garbage in Washington. He looked I, like well, garbage I, in Washington. He did... His his efficiency was, was horrendous. And... But, I mean, his... The, the things he can do, um, especially when paired up with a Luka Doncic, who's arguably on any given night the best player in the NBA. Um, yeah. 
I mean, he's still a really, really good player that can score and that can run the point, and he's six foot six, so he can guard like three or four right. positions even. Um, he's he's a guy that like I really liked a lot, and when you pair him with, so he actually they actually started him at the three um, in their last game, I believe, because they're going with Jalen Brunson and Luca yeah. and Dinwiddie. Yeah, that so. is amazing in a crazy yeah. ass fucking way. Like that, and, both, and they have a good defense. Was, oh my god, was, I don't we, get it. We talked about that right after that trade, right? We said that yeah. that's where we we'd see this team going with the three guards and it's been Unreal. working and they're Finney Smith has been really good. And, you know, yeah. they're, they're getting good minutes from Powell. So, um, you know, they, their ceiling is capped <clears throat> and that kind of sucks because, you know, as, as well as Lucas played, I don't think, I think people like should go back and look at what he did in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year and just remind yourself that like the numbers he put up were like some of the best numbers in the history of like, basketball um and it's an obviously in a small sample but he's only had i mean the guy's like what 22 um so you know he kind of showed in the opportunity he got he showed like i can put up just as good of a performance as lebron or you know kevin durant or any of these guys um so i i like dallas i think denver is better um wow Jokic, I think Jokic is just I think Jokic is the best piece in basketball right now. Like if you're if you're gonna okay. build around a guy and you want someone who's I think Kevin Durant is the deadliest player in the game, but I think Jokic it just it works with you can put anyone around him and he's gonna it, they're still gonna be good. Um there's no bad fits with him, you know? Yeah. And um it's like you can put a ball dominant guy, a non dominant guy. You can put a three and D. You can put a big with him. You can put small guys with him. Like, and so you know, I think they're they're just he's just willing this team. And I I don't want I'm not betting against that guy in any series. May I, I still think Phoenix is the best team, but I don't want to bet against them. His defense has gotten better. He's arguably like put distance between himself and Embiid and Giannis just because of how well the team has done in the MVP race. I think I think um, so. he's still super young uh, for Dallas. They don't have Tim Hardaway jr. You know, he's mm-hmm. out injured, um, but I don't think that a, team with Luca can be dismissed uh, in the playoffs because he makes the other team play at his pace. Like he, he's not the best athlete out there by leaps and bounds. Neither (laughs) is a joker. You know, it's two slow fucking white guys from Eastern Europe. And they're like, no, we're going to play the way I want to. I don't fucking, yeah, run all you want. Who cares? Well, they're not playing that American. They they didn't grow up playing the same style as the American. So, Dude, but when you can style. control the game to the point where like the pace is dictated by you, then that changes the entire complexion of the game. Yeah. Uh, and watching those two go against each other, I think, would be incredible. I don't think it'll work out that way. I don't think they're going to meet up uh, this playoffs, but. 
if the Warriors fade without Steph a little bit, um, you know, the Mavericks and the Nuggets are like fourth and fifth. Like they could, yeah. you know, they're just a couple of wins away from changing things up. Like a lot could change in the West, depending. Yeah. Especially sure. if Golden State uh, fades out. But, dude, Dorian Finney-Smith is so important to what mm-hmm. the Mavericks do for their defense. I mean, he's going to be on the other team's best player, except he can't do that in a Denver series. Yeah. So I am a little skeptical of Dallas's ability to beat an elite big. And that's why I would lean towards Denver winning the series because I do sort of feel like Joker can take advantage of Dallas's uh I mean they're not Dallas is an incredible defensive team by the way. They're 6th in defensive rating as a team. Yeah, um, but they have Dwight Powell and I get it. They're not they're right. not in they're 26 in rebounds per game. 26. That means they're fourth worst. Like they're also not a great outside shooting team. They're 22nd in three point percentage as a team. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I you know, totally like agree. That... I'm taking Denver. I'm taking Denver, but I, I, I do think uh, it's a, it's a great matchup. And I think Luca, he'll put up like historic numbers in, in and in a losing effort in that series. Neither team goes to the line as much. Um, they're just so methodical, but it's amazing that Dallas has such a good defense and it's amazing that Joker has willed this team without MPJ or Murray. Like, it's just, it's stunning to me. Um, those two guys are so fucking goddamn good. It's really, really cool. Uh, all right. So let's move to an Eastern conference matchup. Brandon, Let's talk Raptors Bulls. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors are currently in the seventh seed and the Bulls are in the fifth. The Bulls are sort of free falling a little bit right now, but, um, and Toronto is doing just fine. Brandon, Bulls, Raptors, red versus red. What do you got? So um, I like this matchup a lot because I feel like these teams kind of have like almost a similar identity, but they go about it in a different way as far as the personnel. Interesting. So, so, you know, with the Bulls, right, you have like a lot of the defensive prowess coming from the guard spot. Um, and then your forwards are more like skilled. They're, they're bigs, they're, their wings and forwards are a little bit more like skilled guys. And then with the Raptors, you kind of have like these tenacious forwards. Um, and then you have like, scoring from the guard position right um and i and obviously van vliet too right but uh i just think that this would be like a tough nose like old school like i could see there being a fight in this series like sure um this just seems like it'll be really fun and like scotty barnes right now you in our last episode you said scotty was probably the guy you're taking out of everyone in this class besides did you say even over cade uh, if I did, like, I, I mean, go Pistons forever, but, like, Scotty yeah. is, maybe I said just, it for fantasy, because yeah. he's a triple-double waiting to happen all the yeah, time. Yeah, he just, he just continues to get better by the week. Um, he's still, 
you can tell that his his game the thing that's intriguing about him is like he's still really not even like that skilled of a of an offensive player and he's having right. games where he drops 30 and it's like so when he figures yeah. out it's kind of like reminds you of Kawhi, right like where Kawhi was just like a defender who was a who was an athlete who just had like these ridiculous hands and strength and mm-hmm. then once he now he figures it out and he becomes like arguably the best player in the league for for a year and a half um also, sorry, fantasy nerd alert for Scotty Barnes. There's a possibility that next year he gains eligibility at point guard, a forward position, and center. Like, That'd he could cool. end up just being like in, like LeBron. You know, he has eligibility everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then on the – but on the bull side, um, you know, I think – a big thing right now that I'm that I'm paying attention to is like Lonzo Ball's recovery. Um, right, it's, it doesn't really seem to be progressing as nicely as you'd expect. Um, so, you know, who knows if they can really rely on him? I think if he comes back, that that really changes their fortune. Um, you know, they're going to do the best with what they've got. They've got Desunmu playing all right. They've got Caruso back. They have Kobe White giving them good minutes off the bench. Um, and then Levine can play make a little bit. But they miss Lonzo out there being a defender, playmaker. And he was shooting the ball really well where he got hurt. Like, yeah. I mean, he was he was just as good as, as anybody right uh, in the game right now as a 3 and D. He's a kind of a 3 and D point guard. So, um, you know, I, I – I think like Lonzo is really going to dictate how far the Bulls go, um, but I just think this will be like probably the scrappiest series, and so that was kind of why I wanted to look at this one. The Bulls are getting Patrick Williams back, but who knows what kind of availability he'll have? Um, a couple of stats: Chicago has the tenth best offensive rating. Toronto has fifteenth best. Toronto is 14th and defensive. The Bulls are 20th. Like, that could be a real fucking terror because of what you said, Lonzo. Like, Lonzo and Caruso being able yeah. to be not only the elite defensive force for the team, but also the bridge to the second unit. Uh, that sucks. Caruso's back, but um, we'll see how much he gets to play. Uh, Chicago is 28th in rebounding per game. That seems like it's going to be a problem against Toronto to me um, because they're 11th. This team, it's two DeRozan teams, which I love. It's two red teams, which I love. Uh, It's two teams that play basketball um, in ways that not a lot of the other teams in the league are emulating. Like, you know, like DeRozan starts at the four sometimes. Like no one thought that DeRozan would have – in, in, in a down ballot MVP season. Yeah. And also no one anywhere, not even his parents or his children or his wife have talked about <laughs> Nikola Vucevic. No one has uttered his name since I just did this entire season. He's a better center proper than anyone in Toronto, but he's not, going to be able to defend in the ways that the Toronto bigs, you know, quote unquote can. Um, So that's going to, that would be an incredible and interesting matchup. I think like what happens in the paint? Do you just put Scotty Barnes on Vooch? You know, like 
is FVV just going to roast whoever they put at the point, no matter what? Because if let's well, say you, you put Caruso, Caruso on, yeah. But then Gary Trent is wide open, right? And he can he's one of the best three point shooters in the league this year. Like Levine, the dentist has to run around like expending all his energy guarding him. Um, they're like. If OG and Siakam and Scotty are all healthy, then I feel like Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent can just go nuts because it's like a thicket of arms. And then you can throw in Precious Achua and Kem Birch. Um, you know, like the Toronto's a little bit thin actually once you get away from uh, the guys in the paint, but they're a tremendous athletic team. They can outrun anybody. And if their shots are falling, like if the forwards shots can fall from three, Mm -hmm. then they're as dangerous as any other team in the NBA, I think. But that requires a little bit of luck. Um, And if everyone's healthy in Chicago, like if Lonzo can come back and you can throw Lonzo, Dasunmu and Caruso, like that's, That's a game changer. And, maybe, and Patrick Williams potentially. And right? Patrick so, Williams, right? Um, so I think I think health is is because because you you mentioned OG Ananobi, he's still out for at least another week. It sounds like Ugh, so. God. You know, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I do think that like athletically and just like you know, the, the, I think that the Raptors' length and athleticism poses a problem for them. But at the totally. same time, I mean, you've got like guys who are proven buckets on Chicago too and DeRozan and Levine and like who there's been no answer for DeRozan this year um so who guards him I guess you put you put Pascal on him that'd be an interesting matchup right it's gonna look a little bit weird with the defensive matchups for Toronto against Chicago because it's like you you're going like you can't expect Fred Van Vliet to really properly guard the point of attack if that's going to be DeRozan. Like, it depends on how they attack you, Chicago, I guess. Like, who gets the ball coming up the court? Um, It's also, (laughs) you know, Tad Young is on Toronto. Maybe that, like, helps them out a little bit, you know? Like, he's not in... Chicago could actually use him. Chicago is a strangely good three-point shooting team, even though they have DeRozan. They don't take as many threes, um, but maybe that'll change. Um, The rebounding, though, like, if you... If Toronto's just getting all these second-chance opportunities, then that's going to be a gigantic problem for... yeah. Chicago to overcome. Um, did I write down? Oh, Chicago's 21st in free throw attempts per game as a team, but Toronto is only 18th. So there's not a huge disparity there. Um, yeah, I, but I think that would be an amazing matchup. Like Chicago's defense, like I said, it's 20th defensive rating, but that's because Lonzo and yeah. Caruso were out. Like they were good at the beginning of the year. year, Yeah, they were, I think they were like sixth or seventh at one point in the year. So um, they were up there. At one point, they were top 10 in offensive and defensive when they were healthy to start the year. And that's why they were in first place. Um, But again, health and Lonzo, I mean, that guy's been, he gets hurt every year. So 
you know, we can't really bank on him um, necessarily coming through this season. But, you know, if he does get healthy at the right time, you know, they they, they, they do pose a problem um, when they when that group plays collectively together. So that's it. I that's, think that would be an awesome series, though. Like, yeah, good, I, good I, I pick. That'll be fun. That would be an yeah, incredible be series. Fun. Also, just the sentiment with DeRozan against Toronto, you know? Like, that would just, it would be, like, they'd cheer him in the T-dot, obviously. <clears throat> yeah, we didn't even talk about that aspect of it. That's a good point. Uh, but also, it would be ferocious. Like, I could absolutely see a fight breaking out, just because <laughs> it, both teams would play so hard. Like, Van Vliet um, against, against Vucevic? <laughs> dude, for sure. Like, a weird, exactly. That would be what it is. Like, FVV gets a little bumpy with the chest in Vooch, and Vooch is like, what are you doing? Yeah, that'd be funny. All right, our second Western matchup could be a good one, I think. Uh, Memphis, who is currently in number two in the West, versus Minnesota, who's currently number seven and looks like an actual bona fide good team. The Grizzlies have the fifth best offensive rating as a team, the seventh best defensive rating. The Timberwolves have the sixth best offensive, the 11th best defensive rating. The Grizzlies have the 24th best three-point percentage as a team. They stink from outside, even though they have Desmond Bain. Uh, The Timbercats have the 12th best. They both go to the line a lot. Um, they both grab rebounds. They both sort of have big threes. Uh, I think this matchup would be pretty interesting, but I also kind of wonder if maybe Memphis would just blow Minnesota out of the water because the Timberwolves don't have as deep and complete a team. But, you know, if Memphis can't score, then it won't matter. I mean, Minnesota, I, I think they've won like what, like eight out of their last ten or like nine out there. They're hot. They've right been now. incredible. They yeah, just they've beat, been amazing. They just they just beat the Bucks by like twenty points last night. They um, have the sixth best record in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. The yeah. sixth best. So um I mean the T Wolves, you know, we talked about them early in the year, and you started calling them my favorite team. But I said, I'm like, this team is too <laughs> talented to to be like such a just afterthought. And yeah, um, you were you right. Know, they they well, I was wrong because they turned it around, and now they're they're actually, you know, they're not an afterthought. So um, they have the same amount of wins as the Nuggets. They have more wins than the Bulls and the Cavaliers and the Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're for real. No, they're, they're for real. Um, and I think, um, you know, I, I really like what Carl Anthony Towns has done this year. I think he's kind of yeah. like stepped up big time and he's, he's kind of shown, he's kind of reminded everyone that he is a superstar. At the beginning of the year, I said I thought Bam Adebayo was my number three ranked big. I fully eat crow on that one. Carl Anthony Towns is is definitely in the conversation right after Embiid, and I'm not considering Giannis as the center, but uh, sure after after Embiid and Jokic, uh, Carl Anthony Towns cemented himself right there as the number three guy for me. Um, and D'Angelo Russell, like his 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 numbers don't necessarily appeal to the advanced metrics, um, but like he seems to 
play in a way that like is beneficial to the is conducive to the team performing well and patrick beverly you called it i mean he's been a great a great presence there um he's he's not like if you just looked at the box score you wouldn't really see patrick beverly's name written all over it but when you when you watch the games like he's he's making smart plays he's kind of like a marcus smart um for these guys where like he's the guy who's just like is the ultimate glue guy who's gonna like dive on the floor and like you know he's he's really he's He's starting shit with russell westbrook he's getting ejected from games he's reminding people (laughs) that he's been to the playoffs every single fucking year he is the man i wish him and marcus smart were on the same team it would be amazing it is like when you have a team that got disrespected by jimmy butler so badly Mm-hmm. And then you bring in a dude with sort of a similar mindset and that like, no, we go hard all the time, but it actually works because yeah. he's like not the star. I mean, I just think it's been one of the best personnel, like one of the best roster moves that happened in the off season. Cause it, I do think yeah. it changed their team. Um, D'Lo, said, though, I was going to yeah. say, I was just gonna say with that I, I I'm really excited, but with that said, I'm taking I'm taking the Grizzlies here. But you can like could be a sweep. Like, could yeah. be a sweep. Yeah. Because like D is nothing special on defense. Even though the team does technically play better when he's out there, they just sort of move better and you like trust them a little bit more. Um like Anthony Edwards like it's fine to for this for his sophomore year. Like this yeah. is fine. But you can't, you can't let this keep going. Like he has to be the number two with the fucking bullet, or the one A and one B with Cat for this team to really reach their ceiling. I think. Mm-hmm. But deep for this season, D'Lo makes them better. He just does, even though it doesn't seem like he should. But but they're just they don't have as many players as Memphis. Like well, even though Memphis can't say. shoot. Yeah, they have ten guys. Memphis has ten legit guys that can yeah. play, and like they're not even giving any minutes to like Jared Culver, who was a top draft pick for them a couple years ago. But they've got Brooks, Jackson, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton. Oh yeah, and John Morant, Stephen Adams, and Stephen Fucking, Adams. Like they can just throw Stephen Adams at Cat and. Yeah. Um, you know, like Cat's going to drag him out, but it's still going to be really rough for him. And maybe mm-hmm. Minnesota is smart enough and they scheme, so it's like you just can't have Stephen Adams out there on the floor. But you know, I I don't know. There's like slow mo Kyle Anderson is one of our favorite players. He's a yep. he's a human changeup. You know, yep. he's like the weirdest, strangest guy to have out on a court. Um because he's going slower than you do. Yeah, he's... he's. But he's also an incredible defender, and when you put that with Dylan Brooks and, you know, like Desmond Bain is a junkyard dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just don't... Also, the T-Wolves don't have a a defense that's good enough to protect the rim from the penetration that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to rain down upon them. And, you know, it's, I think they're going to stretch them out and Jaw's going to have an incredible series. And yeah, maybe they make it difficult, but 
I'd sort of be surprised if it went seven. How about that? Like, I think Minnesota gets at least one home game, but I don't think yeah. it would go to seven. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I think unless that'd be, a, Ant, that'd be a fun. I mean, Ant Man could just be like, "Cool, you guys had the regular season. I'm now taking over, and I'm scoring thirty a game, and I don't care what the fuck the rest of you do." Because yeah, he's he hasn't like, shown me that yet. I'm not giving him. Uh, I'm not really expecting anything like that. But you never know. This could be his coming out year. There's no one on Memphis that could legit guard him if he just decided to take over. I think you throw what do you throw Dylan Brooks at him, um, and you throw Bain at him a little bit. Uh, do it, Brand, Brandon Clark or slow mo. Do all that shit. Throw them all at the same time. I don't care. I'm the <laughs> Ant Man. I am a fucking defensive football player. I'm an end. I'm just coming at you. I'm bigger and stronger than you are, and I'm faster. And I'm cool. Yeah. I love Ant Man so much. Oh, you do. Um, okay, that'll be a cool matchup, though. It would. I like. I just. I think I like just seeing these players, and I'm excited to see Minnesota in the playoffs. Even though I don't end up thinking that it would be a good series. Yeah. But I am just sort of excited to see these players play against each other. And yeah, what just... what does Pat Bev do with Ja? Like that, yeah. <laughs> he'll do something. He'll you know he'll do something at least a couple but times. I could also see Papev like loving Ja Morant and being like, "No, this kid's tough as nails. He's going to be a Hall of Famer." You know, even he'll say that after, after the series, right? He'll, he'll like have chipped his tooth in Game Three, sure, and then. <laughs> but Ja's so tough. Like I, I can really see like the other tough dudes in the NBA sort of like nodding silently, being like, "Yep, respect." Yeah, everyone. Yeah, he's loves a good him. one. Everyone loves him. All right, what is our next? We did three, right? Is this the last one? We coming up this on is, your second uh, Eastern one Conference? Is one that we we kind of talked about once that trade happened, but we're gonna go. We're gonna delve a little deeper into Philadelphia against Brooklyn, the Nets at Seventy Sixers, <laughs> or vice versa. Tri-state area. Let's go northeast. Elite yeah. media. Come on. Yeah. Well, technically, that's not the tri-state. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Philadelphia doesn't count? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all one big northeast corridor to me, man. I used to it live is. in D.C. It's just 95 and up. Who cares? Exactly. Tony Kornheiser. Uh, yeah, for sure. Same <laughs> amount of hair. Yeah, uh, the uh, Sixers are currently second in the Eastern Conference. The Nets are eighth, but you know who cares about the seeding really? Um, the Sixers have the tenth best defensive rating. The Nets have the twenty second. Uh, the Sixers for the year have the thirteenth best offensive. The Nets have the ninth, but like none of that matters because Philly didn't have Harden for most of the year, and Brooklyn did. Um, both teams are like okay shooting from outside, whatever. Both teams, I, I mean, Philadelphia gets to the line uh, at the third best rate in the league. Brooklyn does not; they're 17th. But again, they play without Kyrie a lot, and you know who yeah, cares? I was gonna say, these are these are full season right, numbers. Totally. So the only thing that concerns me with the Sixers is that they have a really terrible rebounding. Like, they're 29th in rebounding as a team. I could see that maybe fucking them a little bit. 
not to the point where it means they'll lose, but like that's not it's not great, Bob. Um, especially against a team that has dudes like Bruce Brown who are athletes running around trying to get rebounds, like a little bit more Raptors-esque, you know? Yeah. Uh, we don't know if Ben Simmons will be playing. Uh, in this series, Kyrie would be able to play in Philadelphia, and since Philadelphia has the higher seed, he'd be able to play more games in Philly than Brooklyn, which is ironic because that could end up helping Brooklyn. Yeah. Which well, kind of strange. So- that what what's been reported for the last several weeks is that potentially for the playoffs the Nets could pay a fine and have uh, have Kyrie. Yeah. They were the, the Nets were just fined fifty thousand for Kyrie going into the locker room last week. So um, you know I think it it would probably be north of that I would assume. But uh, if they pay a hundred hundred <laughs> grand a game for him to play at home, I think that that would be. Uh, worth it from there from the for the brooklyn nets yeah um, you, you if all it costs is money for you to play kai then you should spend the money to play kai because yeah. you're you're already you're you're in you're already like paying, don't let yeah yeah <laughs> even um, though i so, disagree with it and uh it's still <laughs> you know it's still the law of the land in new york city like i don't care if people think it's stupid there's a good moral argument to be made that you shouldn't be able to pay your way out of doing something like this, but who cares? They're obviously going to play Kyrie if they can. Yeah. So all it costs is money, then they'll do it. So if you, if you, if you think about the team, let's say, I think at this point you have to kind of, you can't really expect a whole lot from Ben Simmons, which is uh, surprised me because I thought Ben Simmons would have been like chomping at the bit to get back out there. And I guess some of them are saying he has some back issues and um, he's not in game shape. So um, it, it just he had an epidural in his like, back, yeah. which means that like epidurals are for Women like they don't cure what it is. They make yeah. you feel less pain. Like they That's mask symptoms. They don't fix the problem. When you're giving delivering a baby, you get an epidural. So. <laughs> maybe maybe something's going on that we don't know about. Maybe we have a yeah. twin situation. Yeah. So uh, he, I mean, it leads me to wonder, like, what was, what was he doing for the last six months? But um, maybe his back's but, super fucked up though, and he couldn't do anything. And he didn't want to say anything because that would have meant he might not get traded. Maybe that 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 would actually be a, the most plausible explanation. Um, but even without him, it looks pretty good. Um, they look pretty for Brooklyn. Pretty you ridiculous. mean ridiculous? Yeah, for Brooklyn, it, they look okay. pretty deadly. Uh, and you know, I think that. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting to that one game they played, but it looked like they had Harden's number a little bit, and <laughs> Embiid can't do it all. So I just, I don't know. I, I I like Brooklyn in this matchup, assuming Kyrie plays every game with or without Ben Simmons. If they get anything out of Ben Simmons, then I think it's it's I, I like them even more. Um, but I, I like Brooklyn. Like losing Seth Curry and Andre Drummond actually really hurt the Sixers, I think. Yeah, like they missed both that. of those players. Yeah. We talked about that, that Seth Curry 
being included in that deal was like a huge deal. And like people kind of glossed yeah. over that. And they're like, oh, you got James Harden and Ben Simmons was was doing nothing. But it's like you also gave up. You also get, I mean, Drummond too, but you gave up Curry, who's like, he looks like incredible right now. Like he's not a star, but he's like about as good of a role player as there is in the NBA right now. He may be like the yeah. best, you know, non, non superstar guy, non max contract guy right now. He um, replaces Joe Harris. Yeah. And you know, like who's better at defense? Who cares? Like you're, you're there for threes and to uh, help open up space for everybody else. And he's one of the best to do it. He's literally one of the best three point shooters in NBA history. Um, How you can give up a guy like that. Yeah. And he's Doc Rivers, uh, son-in-law, right? Yeah. Son-in-law. He's Doc's son-in-law. Okay. They also have Goran Dragic, the Nets. The Nets he's have Goran Dragic. Super tough for them, and you, when totally. I watched him, he's just he's doing something like he's just he is a hundred percent bought in, like dude. He he's a Miami Heat guy. He's another Eastern fucking European with a goddamn huge chip on his shoulder. <laughs> um, he's been in big games. He also mm-hmm. knows how to play off of stars. Uh, he played in Phoenix. I don't know if that means that he and Steve Nash like knew each other, but it's like mm. he's another dude with a big IQ and a lot of experience. So it's not like he's some, you know, punk coming in off the street. Like he knows what to do. Uh, he and Kai are just going to wreak havoc. I think in the playoffs together, I think those two together are going to be really, really good. Patty Mills now gets to be like your what seventh player. You know, like you're not expecting him to win you games like they were for the entire season. Um, he's also like a better three-point shooter than most of the people on the 76ers. If Tyrese Maxey hadn't made a pretty significant leap, then I think the Sixers would be a much worse team. But like if Danny Green and Matisse Tybel can hold it together on defense, then I don't know. I mean, like, Tybal is, like, Tybal is, like, a Robert Covington elite help defender. He's not an elite one-on-one guy. Like, he's not shutting down Kyrie or Kevin Durant. He's not even as good a one-on-one guy as Dorian Finney-Smith. But he's a really good help defender. And him and Embiid is still extremely potent on the defensive end of the court. And if Danny Green can be competent and can hit some threes and Toby's out there, like hopefully hitting some shit. Then the question, and you know that Embiid's going to be up for it. So the question is Harden Mm -hmm. in that game against Brooklyn. Harden got shut down. Like you said, like they fucking had his number. If they have his number again, can Philadelphia win a game? They'll win a game because Embiid is just such an unstoppable force and the Nets have no answer for him. Um, They have Kevin Durant will get matched up on him at times and he'll do an admirable job, but he'll get bullied. Claxton, I guess you throw him at at them. You throw LaMarcus a little bit, but like... If if LMA can play. Yeah, he's too quick for him. He's too... He's going to be too strong for Claxton and Claxton, you know, he's just not... He's not a – he'll get in foul trouble probably. So I think Embiid will have like a 40 and 15 game. With, he's going to destroy Drum. 
He's just yeah. going to fucking put him. But like, do the Nets want that? Do they just want Embiid going at drum? And they're like, yeah, let drum foul out. Who cares? Let yeah, the I, Sixers shoot twos and free throws rather than threes. Yeah, I think they do. But I think that that if there's one game where the Nets shots aren't falling, though, the, the, the Sixers will be fine for at least like a win or two. I don't think it's going to be a lopsided series, but I do think if those guys are all playing, um, for Brooklyn, that they win this in in six, probably. It's so much shooting on Brooklyn if everyone's like pretty healthy. Yeah, and Kyrie's uh, been ask... so efficient. He's been yeah. so efficient. Like KV, KD, yeah. you expect him to be efficient, but Kyrie has been just like it's been absurd how efficient he's been with his scoring. And like Kyrie's defense versus Harden's defense, like who cares yeah. really? Um, I'm so impressed with Maxi this season. I really, really am. I never expected this from him. Uh, but you know, he's a young dude. Like these are huge yeah. games. Uh, it's for a this, little unfair for, to expect. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Sure. So obviously, in a, if you're building a team for a keeper league, you want you take Maxi over Seth Curry. Um, but for this year. Who do you who would you rather have right now if you're Philly, Curry or Maxi? For this year only, I think I'd rather have Curry. Yeah. I think I'd rather like playing off him with Toby on the perimeter, um, because that just opens it up more for for Harden. And yeah. if Harden isn't right, then you have n- almost no chance because. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Like, which team has the best player? I, I still have to go with Kevin Durant. As great as Joel Embiid is playing this year, Kevin Durant, to me, is still probably the best player in the world right now. I'm taking him over LeBron, I'm, I'm, and no one's quite – and I'm even though I, I love Jokic, I love Giannis, but, like, Kevin Durant is still probably the guy in a playoff series that I'm the most – scared of he's the only dude i would choose over Giannis. i think those two are on a different level in seven game series um even though Embiid, i mean like Embiid can shoot threes you know like he had to he, fucking learn because can. ben simmons won't shoot but, but oh that's but another you, thing you, you're happy if he's shooting three you you're you oh, take of that course. all day if you're for the sure. Here's another thing, though. Tybal can't shoot threes at all, just like yeah. Ben Simmons couldn't. Like, the, mm-hmm. the Sixers still sort of have the same problem. There's a non-shooter out there all yeah. the time. Um, the Sixers, but, it's weird that they keep – they've had Simmons, but they continue to draft, like, non-shooters. Like, they drafted Fultz yeah. to play with Simmons. Then they draft yeah. Tybal. So it's like you guys knew you didn't have a shooter in Simmons and you went out and got more non-shooters in the draft. But the thing is, man, if Harden is real Harden, if he's the beard, then I think the calculus goes out the window and it's 50-50. Like if he can get to the line and his threes are hitting, I think that changes things. And I think that's why Maury is like, that's why it was so important to get him because his ceiling can be so randomly high that it can change the outcome of the series, even though his floor can be so randomly low that it also, that it also changes the series. It's just, it's so up or down. 
I don't know. Like I could I could seriously see Philly getting kicked out and and Embiid being like, you can't keep this guy. Like I'd rather have Russell Westbrook like trade hard into the Lakers right now. Get him out of here. Anyway, awesome series. I really hope that happens. Um, like when was the last time you saw a playoff series with two teams that had traded with each other like this? I mean, two teams have rarely traded with each other like this. And um, yeah, I mean, I want to see Embiid do well. Like, I'd love to see Embiid do well. I think some of, some of the sentiment for me is just, like, we've seen Kevin Durant win a championship. I don't give a shit about Kyrie Irving. He's won a chip. Harden, do I want to see him win ring? Not really. I don't care. Like, I don't, I'm don't. i not anti. But it's it's about Embiid. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's the MVP anymore. But I would like to see him uh, at least in the conference finals, you know? No, I think like I think everyone's everyone loves what Embiid's doing, and um, you know he's he's going to get a serious. I I still think he's going to win MVP, but Jokic is making a, a very strong case for it. Brandon, what what if the Sixers get eliminated in the first round? Like, what happens? It's Doc Rivers who has lost more series when up 3-1 than anyone else. I wouldn't, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked. It's it's a tough, with the way the format works and the way these potential matchups could work and with Brooklyn down there, it's a tough, there's really no like favorable matchup right now. So you look at the Raptors, right? We talked about them. The, the teams that are really scary are in the bottom half of the playoff bracket. So, dude, um, Atlanta's right there. They're in the tenth. Yeah. Like, you don't really want to see Trey Young. I don't think. Yeah. Like, you don't want to see Kevin Durant. But, god damn, it, it's yeah. terrible. Like, I I would think about maybe some shenanigans if I were Philly and be like, I'd rather do the four <laughs> or five. Yeah, like let's try to win a few or lose a few games. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Those are four matchups we would like to see. Let's move to some player ads. This week we are going to go by position. Um, You're either entering your playoffs or you have a couple more weeks. I mean, the season ends on April 10th, I think. Um, If you're in Roto, if you're just straight going through the season, we're going to give you some guys. I will start off. So we're going to go point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Brandon. 30% owned, right? Exactly. Are, my, I actually, for, for my oh, go ahead. 30, 30 and under. So I was just going to throw that out there. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I My highest dude was 30%. Um, actually, you go first. Um, all right, if you if you want me to. Uh, so I'll I'll give you I'll go from point guard up. So at point guard, seven percent owned uh, Bones Highland. Oh uh, yeah, looks like he could be a guy that's fifteen five and five for a team that's that's clearly fighting um, for playoff positioning. So every game matters. Um, he looks really good. He's got the best player like we talked about distributing to him, and um, he's a guy that like really has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, some of the some of the scouts said that he was one of the guys that would like be 
a non-lottery pick that would be kind of less heralded in the beginning, but a guy that they they would be wouldn't be surprised if if was like really making around making a name for himself in a few years. So Bones Highland's a guy like as a current pickup and as a dynasty guy. Um, Dude, last two weeks he's been a top 100 player in basic, 4.3 assists per game, a steal per game, and 2.4 three pointers made. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah. like. And yeah. like Denver, like we said, like thin bench, you know, like yep. they just need scoring. So he's yeah, a, he's a defender. So he's, also, he's out there for his defense too. Incredible NBA name, just yeah. a sensational <laughs> NBA name. If yeah. you don't have room on your team for a motherfucker named Bones, then I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's just my humble opinion. Yeah. Bones Island, what a cool, cool dude. Also rookie. Yeah. Yep. So like you said, Dynasty Leagues, pick that dude up. Yep. Uh at shooting guard, I'm not gonna talk about him a lot, but KCP, um, you know, just yeah. a, a totally. guy that we know what he does. He's gonna score, he's gonna give you threes, and he's gonna give you some steals. He's he's lately this year he's been his assists have ticked up from time to time. Um he's nineteen percent owned, and that's my shooting guard. Uh, Dude, he is a top 100 player on the season, and the past two weeks he's been top 75. Yep. If you don't need that, then God bless. Yeah, call me, call me when you when you get your ring. Um, yeah, for sure. At the three, this guy's eligible at the three or the four if the league specifies, uh, you know, the positions there. But uh, Darius Baisley, 23 percent owned. Mm-hmm. Last few weeks, he's been uh, last month. He's been a fourteen points, six rebounds, couple assists. He's a stock guy. Um, he's he's right around one one steal and one block. And in the last two weeks, his three pointers and his uh, scoring is ticked up. So he was shooting around a one and a half threes a game. But in the last couple weeks, he's closer to two and a half threes, and his scoring has gone up from fourteen points a game to eighteen. So yeah. That's a guy we've talked about a few times. He's still really young. I think he's 22 or 23. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly, but he's like, he's a baby. Um, 23% owned, and he's on a team that has, like, a void of, like, they need someone to score. Yeah. So. Dude, Josh Giddy is out. Lou Dort <laughs> is out. Uh, yeah. SGA is has an ankle thing. Like, if they shut him down, that wouldn't be surprising. Darius Baisley is second in minutes and shots over the past two weeks. Um, he's also shooting 51% mm-hmm. over the past 15 days. Um, like, you just... The one knock on him You, is you need to play percentage. somebody. Yeah, yeah. free throws are not very good, but he doesn't shoot a ton of free throws, so he's not going to have a huge impact on, on your... But, you know, eight, if he's going to score 15 to, to 18 points and give you six rebounds and, and hit the three-pointer now, um, I like him. And he's a stock guy, uh, so right. I like him. At and you four, have to play somebody in Oklahoma yeah. City. Like, you, yeah. they literally have to play somebody. If SGA gets shut down, then Baisley is by default, like, the best player remaining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, at the four... Old faithful Kevin Love, exactly thirty percent owned. Um, mm-hmm. Just consistent, twelve and seven with two and a half threes and great percentages across the board. Not going to give you many stats, but he's going to shoot the three. He's going to rebound, and he's going to have good free throw percentage, good field goal percentage, and good three point percent. So 
Um, Dude, and that team keeps losing guys. I mean, like he might be playing thirty-eight minutes in two yeah, days. Like, care? who knows? They're not right. They don't care about his knees. He's another dude. He's been number one hundred on the player Raider for the season. Like you said, his stats won't wow you, but you're not going to find wow most of the time on the mm-hmm. available on the wire right now. So, yep. yeah, a vintage six man like does what you ask him to do. Yep. And then uh, last but not least at the five, I've got Jackson Hayes, he's 7% owned. Um, nothing totally. too sexy, but like 12.6 rebounds and like maybe a block and a, a steal. Um, so he's kind of like a, a Robert Williams light. Um, you know, he's not, he's not going to play a 35 minutes, but if he's going to play 25 to 30, which it looks like he's going to do, um, I think you can count on double digit scoring and like him flirting with a double, double. And then if he gets you two stocks, great. He's only going to get dunks and, and, you know, close shots at the rim. So it's going to help your field goal percentage. Um, not going to really contribute in, in the three points. Um, but you know, that's not what you're looking for there. It's a traditional or, or not a traditional, but the new traditional NBA center type of guy who's just going to run the floor and try to block shots and get dunks. And I think he started today, actually. Um, no, they're playing him. They're definitely letting him yeah. play. Yeah. So, and the Pelicans are in the 10th seed in the West. Um, you know, if Brandon Ingram can't play, then I don't have high hopes for that team. But that just means that there's more minutes for Jackson Hayes. So I like mm-hmm. that pickup as well. Okay. My point guard. Let's go with Emmanuel Quickly. He's mm-hmm. coming off the bench for the New York Knickerbockers. He's a top 50 player over the past two weeks. He's getting you six boards a game uh, in the point guard position. I'll take that with over four assists per game. Um, he's getting minutes. Like there's really no reason why the Knicks shouldn't be starting him over Alec Burks. Yeah. And maybe that changes. So maybe he gets even more minutes and shots down the stretch, but He's coming off the bench right now, and he's still a top 50 player. And that's a guy that I still I still like in Dynasty Leagues because I do think that going into next year, unless somebody comes via free agency or trade um, at the point guard spot or, um, you know, the Knicks draft like a point guard really high, I don't, even, I don't know what their draft pick situation is going to be, but, um, I mean, we can we – can, they should be playing quickly so that their draft yeah. pick odds improve. Yeah, but I think quickly is going to have a shot to still be the lead guard there uh, with or sure. not the lead guard there, but you know, kind of off play with uh, if you consider Barrett the shooting guard. I guess the, uh, quickly would be kind of the the point guard there um, with him. So I, I like that a lot, and I like like I said, I like him for this year, and I like him for dynasty leagues. Burke has been holding on. Um, he plays, and if you're looking for assists, God. he's a guy that gives you some assists. But I do think quickly, we all know he has just a lot more upside. It's yeah. I mean, it, it's such Thibodeau bullshit. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, let's talk about two shooting guard bulls who are available in over seventy percent of leagues. We mentioned them earlier already. Io Desunmu and Alex Caruso are both under thirty percent rostered. They are not going to give you points per game, but you know this. At his best, when Caruso was playing earlier this season, he was giving you assists, rebounds, steals, and blocks, but no points. Io is giving you like around 10 points, 
and then a handful of the other counting stats and efficiency. If you like, if you can't get anything wow at the two, then go for something solid. So, I mean, Caruso maybe played sparingly, but uh, both of those guards give you valuable counting stats and everything except points. And, and uh, you'd probably expect you'd expect for Caruso by the time as the season progresses here that they, they try to ramp him up because I would expect that they want him sure. to be ready to go a hundred percent for playoffs. So, you know, totally. they're, they're going to hopefully ramp up his minutes over the next two weeks. And Patrick Williams hasn't played since October, you know, like you can't just yeah. throw him in and he's a second year player. You can't just throw yeah. him into like 30 minutes a game, you know, like he's going to play like eight and then yeah, 10, like 10 minutes and then game, 12. Yeah. yeah. Like, because if he gets injured again, you, I mean, you don't even want to think about it. He was supposed to be the wing glue on defense that really helped this team. And hopefully he will be, fingers crossed. At the three, I want to talk about Herb Jones, but I want to talk about Kaminga even more. Brandon, Steph Curry, not great. He's out. Kaminga was elevated when Dre was out. He's really sort of picked up the slack when the team asked him to. I think Curry being out, obviously most of his minutes and shots go to Jordan Poole. Yeah. But, like, Kaminga, his role I don't think is going to diminish. In fact, I think it's going to improve somewhat. I think they're going to rely on him a little bit more. Um, I, I love this guy. I yeah. absolutely love him. I think I it makes too. Wiggins it. I think he makes Wiggins expendable in the offseason. Um, I like Moody a lot, too. But Kaminga has really impressed, I think. Um, he's a top 100 player the past two weeks, averaging 15 points a game, five rebounds a game, an assist, and a three-pointer made. Um, he's a rookie who's playing on a difficult team to be a rookie on. That's a terrible sentence, but it's like you're you're on a team with title contention aspirations. You're on a team where your center, if everyone's healthy, is also your point guard. You know, Clay Thompson's coming back from two years off. Mm-hmm. Wiggins is there, and he's, you know, doing his thing, but you're also competing with him, sort of, at the position. It's just such a fucking weird situation to be in for a young wing. And I think Kaminga's looked great. He looks so yeah, fucking... He, he's, special, he's athletic um, on a team that yeah. needs athleticism. And yeah. he seems, like, composed. You know, yeah. like, he's not afraid of it. No, he's he's the real deal. Um, he's been a guy that everyone thought had just... He's got about as high of upside as anybody that's come out of the draft in the last few years, so... Under ten percent um, rostered. Mm. Under ten percent rostered. If yeah, uh, obviously it should go without saying that he should be picked up in all dynasty leagues. Um, but he's he's intriguing. I agree, and he has some versatility to his game where he can play several different spots. So you can use him almost kind of. He's kind of like compliments Draymond in a way where like you can kind of fit them in with different size lineups and different skill lineups and and they they work well 
Um, you yeah. mentioned Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole uh, is Oof. is he's got the green light now. Um, but Kaminga, Kaminga has definitely. I think Steve Kerr trusts him at this point, and so it seems like you know he's he's gotten his minutes floor has been elevated. So you know at this point, even if all the other guys are healthy, I think he's he's kind of carved out a certain certain you know amount of playing time. I'm excited to see what he does in the playoffs. Like he just yeah. has like a pretty good he'll, quarter. He'll have some highlights for sure. Yeah, dude. And that's great for him being so young, you know? And like mm-hmm. yeah, he's the young to watch in Golden State, not uh not Wiseman, I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Portland Trailblazers real fast as I give you my four and my five, my power forward and my center. Uh, I think I know where one of these guys is. Brandon, do you know who starts at the power forward and the center position for your Portland Trailblazers? Uh, Is one of them Drew Eubanks? That is correct. He starts at the five. He does not yet have eligibility in ESPN for the center position. Yeah. He's a power uh, who's forward. The other, who's the other, the other dude, okay, is Trendon you... Watford. Yeah, Watford, the guy you mentioned a few weeks back. That's right. He is first in minutes per game for the Blazers over the past two weeks. <laughs> You've never heard of him before in your whole life. You've never seen him. You don't know what he sounds like. His name is Trendon Watford, which sounds... Yeah. Like it's from a BBC show. He has been a top 50 player the past two weeks, averaging 16, seven and two with over a block per game. Um, Drew Eubanks, who's starting at center and I think was traded over from the Spurs has been top 75. He's averaging 12 and eight uh, with two dimes per game. Anthony Simons is now out too, maybe for the rest of the season. So Brandon Williams is getting run at the point guard. Um, Aside from, uh, oh my God, what's his face? Who got traded from the Pelicans? Josh Hart. Like everybody else on Portland, you've never heard of them before. But they're getting minutes and they're getting shots. Like these guys are getting so much volume and they're kids. It's a rookie and a second or third year player. Um they're getting minutes and shots. Portland wants to lose, but because the Lakers keep losing, the Blazers are remain on the cusp of actually making the play tournament, which would be so fucking hysterical. I can't even think about it. But both these guys, Eubanks and Watford, they're getting minutes, they're getting shots, they're giving you double-digit points, and they're giving you rebounds. And rebounds at this stage of the season, like starters-level amount of rebounds and volume is so fucking important. Like you're, if you picked up campaign, great. You're getting 10 rebounds a game or 10 assists per game. But like for the boards, it's really hard. I mean, Andre Drummond's out there. He's 50% owned, you know, he'll Mm -hmm. get you double doubles and give you boards. But these guys, if you use them as a unit, like if you can stream two spots at once, you're basically giving yourself 20 and 20, every game from those two spots. 
Yep. Now that's a rough thing to do because you don't know who they are. You're not watching Trailblazers games and you don't really want to have to depend on these guys. But just like we said with Oklahoma City, you got to play somebody. Yeah. Someone needs to shoot. Someone needs to pass. And these are the guys that Portland is putting out there. So they are in like these guys, they're, I have no idea if they're going to be all stars, if they're actually good. It's the opportunity that matters. They're getting volume, so you can pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are, when it comes down to the playoffs, a lot of times the, the players that win it for you are guys that didn't play really all year. It's the guys who just emerge at that time. So, yeah. and you picked matter. them up before someone else did. Yep. So, okay. So that is by position. What is that? 10 dudes, a little bit more than that. 11 because you gave us two shooting guards. So that's right. Thank you. Um, also, Alper and Senjin is out there still. And if Christian Wood gets shut down by the Rockets, then he'll get starter level minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else to add, Brandon? I think that does it for me. Um, our fantasy playoffs start tomorrow for our main yeah. league. So um, I'm worst still- of luck, bud. I'm still kind of waiting to see what happens tonight to see if I get the first round by. It looks like I should, but it could still, I could still uh, miss out by, by, by a close margin. So watching the boards right now. The standings matter a lot more for you than for me. I'm basically plugged into the fourth seed and I'm probably going to lose in the first round. Uh <laughs> But maybe uh, next so, year. So if you so you yeah you have a tough matchup against Quickly's floater. I'm right? playing against no no I'd be going oh, no, up against Andy. Against... I'm playing Embiid. Oh, actually, I kind of like your odds in that matchup. So you against your, your cousin. That'll be uh, well. I guys... I have Kevin Durant, so it would yeah. be like a Sixers Nets matchup. But uh, he has Russell Westbrook, and I don't have anyone that can get me triple doubles. So that could be a huge problem. That is tough. But uh, all right, well, good luck. And um, I'll talk to you later, man. Have a good week. Good luck to everybody. And enjoy March Madness. Go Blue.